One of my favorite things that I get to do is stand at the back of the room on a Sunday morning and listen to the church engage in worship. Y'all, you were in today. I don't know if you heard it, but uh, wow, it was good. It was good. And, and just the joy that we get to do that together. Chapel, I know that you've been enjoying that this morning together, and we're so glad that you're, you're along with us this morning. And we are in a series called Example, and um, kind of an easy way to sum that up is this, that we're looking for people to imitate. We're, lo- we're looking for people that... Uh, are ahead of us in the journey, so to speak. And in Hebrews 11, there's a list of people who not only literally were ahead of us in history, but they're ahead of us in their walk with God and what it looks like to walk with God. And they have lives that are worth imitating. They are examples to us. And so we get to step into that, into that um, example that we see and, and kind of look at it and go, okay, God, what do you have for us today in this? And it, it, reminds, me of, it reminds me of growing up. Like, if you remember back, and maybe you are 19 or younger in the room, you're going to have to remember forward if you're younger, I guess. But um, remember, like, like, think back to when you were 19, 18, 17. Like, some of you are laughing about yourself right now. Um, I would be in that category, 100%. I was an idiot when I was 19 years old. Uh, but but the, the whole reality of how sad... Would it be to still be acting like the 19-year-old me? Well, like I think about it often, the ramifications of, of, of being me at 19, trying to raise teenage daughters, trying to raise young women, um, man, it'd be a mess, y'all. I mean, it's a mess as it is, praise God for grace. But, but like, like just thinking about that concept of... I have this language with my girls, and, and I don't know where it started or when, but like I began to notice that in this area of imitation that, that my girls and their friends, and I was a youth pastor, so we had the taglines like, show me your friends, show me your future, you know, like who you hang out with, you're going to be like birds of a feather, they flock together, you know, like all that stuff. As a youth pastor, and I'm, I'm watching my kids going, who, who are they looking to imitate? Who's ahead of them? in the friend circle that they're going to look at and essentially want to imitate and be like. And so this language started in my house. And, and again, I don't know when or where, but I would have this line that as my, as my baby was leaving the door, as Ryland's leaving the door, I'd look at her and go, remember who you are. And she's like, I know dad. And I'd be, no, no, no. Remember who you are. Re- remember what's in front of you. Remember your future. Don't sacrifice uh, your future on the present. Step into, step into who God's calling you to be. And I don't know like what she would say about it, but for me it was a monumental parenting moment where, where I got to breathe into, hey, hey, don't, don't follow them, follow somebody who's further ahead. Don't, don't be caught up with, with who you are today and think that this is it. This is as good as it gets. Because 19-year-old me, if that was as good as it got, oh boy. And I wanna, today I just want to kind of rally around this, this thought. That there is an unknown you, you don't even know yet. But you are called to it. 
That, that, that God has things for you to become that will influence what you step into. And we don't even know them yet. We have promises, but we don't know physically what it looks like yet. We don't know if you would have told me at 19 what it looks like to walk with Jesus and how that will determine every step of your future. I wouldn't have, I, I wouldn't have known what that looks like. But standing here looking back, you can go, oh man, it looks different than I ever thought it would. And I guess for me, this, this mess, like just being honest, this message for me is born out of um, just pain and struggle. This message is born out of um, caring for people deeply and, and sitting in situations recently where I go, man, there's so much more. We're living for so little when God has promised so much. And so if you have a Bible, we're in Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. If you've missed so far in our journey together, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to the first week. Pastor Mike took us on a journey with Enoch. And last week, uh, Ron gave us a different view of a boat um, that some dude Noah built and uh, how epic it was and what happened there. And um, this week we're going to dive into verse eight that says, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where what he was going. He did not know what, where he was going. That, that AKA, that's the unknown. The other translations have actually put it was unknown where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was an was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, like, come on, if you're going to be in the Bible, isn't that not the way you want to be remembered, right? You were just so old you were dead. Um, you might as well have been. Came descendants, descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on the earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. What a beautiful line. For he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Verse 19, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so, in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. So we're going we're gonna to dive into Abraham. And Abraham, like, if you've been around church at all, and uh, you know, you probably, if you were like me and you went to a thing called Sunday school, they made you sing a song about Abraham. Father Abraham, have many sons. Somebody already got it. And many sons did? 
And I am one of them. So are you. Oh, man, we've been in church way too long, y'all. Way too long. Those of you that haven't been in church are like, what is happening right now? Don't worry. You didn't miss a whole lot. Um, thank God. That's grace that he didn't put you through that. Um, but, but seriously, Abraham is probably one of the stories that, that if, if you've been around Scripture at all or been around the church, you've probably heard about Abraham. And it can become really easy that we just kind of file Abraham away, that, that he went on this crazy physical journey. Uh, uh, so crazy that it says here in verse 8, By faith Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. And, and that reality of, of he's stepping out, I, I want to I put it this way to you this morning. I believe that you're called to the unknown. I believe you're called to the unknown. All, all morning, we're just going to do this. This is a very physical story. Meaning Abraham literally got up and left, physically left where he was. This isn't a metaphor. It's a very, very physical journey that Abraham went on. What, what I want to do for us is I want to compare it to the spiritual journey that we're on. That I think there are correlations between what Abraham experiences in the physical that we experience in the spiritual. That when it says that he was called to go... That, that he obeyed and went, even though it was unknown. And I think a lot of times within Christianity and within our journey with Jesus, it can become really easy to become stagnant. It can become really easy to just be satisfied with where we are. But I believe that we're, we're called out from where we are, spiritually. That, that God has a better version of you in the future. That God actually has a version of you that looks a whole lot more like Jesus that he's trying to move you towards. That he's calling you out from where you are today. But here's the thing. That's unknown. You ever notice that? That what God is calling us to, I mean, we'll just pick one this morning. Holy and blameless. That God says about you right now, you are holy and you are blameless. Okay. It's church, so you got to be honest. Right? There's a lot of days I don't feel holy and blameless. Yesterday in my kitchen with my wife and my daughter, Sierra, I did not feel holy and blameless when I was freaking out. Because I couldn't do one more moment of conflict and completely misread a situation and told them, like, we got to stop. I can't talk about this. Like, I can't do this right now. I mean, literally, I'm like freaking out. And two minutes later, I'm going, gosh, will you guys forgive me? I don't know what's up with me. You see, there's a lot of times I don't feel. There's a lot of times I don't feel what God says that I am in Jesus. And see, the unknown journey is that's ahead of me, but that's becoming a reality. But here's the thing. You're called out to it. You're called out to it. If you're satisfied with where you are in your spiritual growth today and your journey with Jesus, if you are satisfied and you are good where you are, then I got news for you. You're not living the victorious life that he set you free to live. He set you free to so much more. He set you free to take promises 
and, and, and take those promises and, and hold on to them and live like those promises are true. Abraham leaves, physically leaves. Look at, let's look at Genesis real quick. Genesis chapter 12. And in Genesis 12, it says in verse one, the Lord had said to Abram, which was Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to a land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse and all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Like he's going, hey, you got to leave everything that's familiar. You, Abraham, if you're going to step into what I got for you, you got to leave your household. And, and in our case, in the spiritual journey, I would say who you are today. God needs you to move to who you're going to be tomorrow. But the, the problem with this is for Abraham, he had to physically go, I'm going to obey what God has put in front of me and I'm going to walk out. Wow, that was really high pitch. I'm going to walk out. And so he leaves what is familiar based on what? Why does he leave everything he knows? Based on a promise that God has put in front of him. And those promises didn't even make sense. You're going to have babies. They're going to be as numerous as the stars. The entire earth is going to be blessed through you, Abraham. Abraham's going, I I don't have no kids. You see, the promises of God, they're unseen ahead. That doesn't mean we don't know them. I mean, God tells him, clearly, I'm going to take you to a land you'll inherit. I'm going to bless everybody through. Like, God doesn't hide what he's going to do, but he doesn't know what that land looks like. He doesn't know what that journey looks like. He doesn't know. he, He has no clue what that looks like. And a lot of times in our Christian life, we know what God is conforming us into. He's conforming us into what? The image of Jesus. We, we find this in Romans chapter 8. That we're being conformed to be like Jesus. So everything about you as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, if you're in the room and you've got to a point where you've entered into a personal relationship through the cross, you realize, man, I need Jesus to rescue me. You step into that and you go, Jesus, you got to save me. you got to you got to take care of my sin problem and I'll step into that relationship. If you've stepped into a relationship, then your entire life, including all of the circumstances and including any step that God will have you take is about you becoming more like Jesus. That's it. There's no, there's no hidden secret, but how you get there and what you go through and what those steps look like and how you press into that, you're going to have to leave what is comfortable. What do we mean by what is comfortable? We have a Christianity in, in, in the Western world that says, man, I, I, I got rescued by Jesus and I show up on a Sunday and I'm good. And then the other days of the week, they're mine, right? What I do for a job and a living, that's mine. What I do with my family, that's mine. What I do with my finances, that's mine. Those, those, those in my opinion, according to what we find um, within the the pages that were left to us by people who journeyed with Jesus couldn't be more opposite from what the journey actually is. They were actually called to leave the familiar. So who I am today, I'm called to press forward out of that into who God has me be tomorrow. I don't think Abraham's journey was easy. 
Like, I don't think he got in the Range Rover and was like, okay, we'll get the moving truck. The moving company will come, right? And they'll pack up everything and we'll be good and put the AC on and away he went, right? He put one foot in front of the other and walked into a desert. Didn't know where he was going. So much so, so much so that if you jump back to, jump back to Hebrews 11, in verse 9, by faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents. He didn't even build a house. Can you imagine that conversation with the, with the, the guys that are there, his sons? Like, so, so when are we building the house? If this is the land that God promised, when, when are we? Well, we're not. What do you mean we're not? Well, God's promised it to us, but it's not for us today. And so Abraham lived according to the promise that had been given. The promise was this was for his descendants. This is the land. God showed him the land. But notice what Abraham does. He never puts down roots. He never puts down a physical structure. He lives in a tent. Why? Because a tent is temporary. And I think in the journey of faith that we're on, we, we are called to camping, right? We're called to camping, that we're not called to stay where we are today in our walk with Jesus. In fact, I would dare say that if you are comfortable where you are and you built a house and you are building security around your, your relationship with Jesus, I would almost say you're going backwards. Because we're called to keep moving forward. We're called to keep stepping into the unknown. We're called to keep claiming the promises of God. And by promises of God, I mean who he's called us to be in Jesus. There are some in the room that you haven't accepted yet that you're forgiven. That you haven't accepted yet that in Jesus I am fully forgiven today. And you're still living, you're building a structure and putting down roots around, still trying to earn the appeasement of God. And the reality is God is already fully satisfied because he looks at his son, not you. And his son paid it all for you. And so today you are free and you are called. Step into that freedom, into that forgiveness. Why? Because if you can't step into it, you'll never give it to someone else. And so you've essentially created a house or a prison and you are bogged down and God's going, I need you to go into the unknown. And your first step is just accept that in my son, you are fully right with me. It's a promise, church. And there are days, let's be honest, I don't feel very forgiven today. And that's when I go back to the word of God and go, you know what? What I see in scripture from people who walked with God is I see as clear as can be, you are forgiven. Paul put it down. Right? Forgive others as you, as you have been forgiven. And, and the reality is that you, you, the temptation is build a house where I am because it's comfy, because it feels good, because I finally understand something. And God's going, no, 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 I need you to move forward. I need you to keep growing in who you are in me. You know, one of the most beautiful stories is when you see somebody who has been devastated by the effects of sin and they don't understand it or they've been devastated by the effects of circumstance and they don't understand it and you can see and feel the pain of the moment 
And years later, as they keep journeying with Jesus and keep stepping into it with Jesus, what happens is, is, is they begin to pour out and give healing to others who are in a similar situation. You ever see that? It's the most beautiful thing that I, I think we get to witness within the church. Because it's the physical, practical healing of Jesus poured out to another. Do you know how they got there? They didn't build a house around, I'm a failure, I'm no good, I'm, a, I'm, I'm struggling with who I am. They didn't, build a, they didn't build a house or a shelter or a prison there. They stepped out by faith into the unseen them going, God, I don't feel it today, but I'm going to live like it's real today. God, I don't feel it today, but I'm going to step into it because this is who you've called me to be. You're stepping into the unknown you. And the unknown you is built on the very promises of who God says you are, not who you think you are. I had a conversation with somebody recently who was talking about the, their, their role in, 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 in thinking about switching what they were doing for a career. And when, when you started to ask them, like, why are you switching? They're like, well, I just feel like I need to get into the church to do the work of God. Oh, man, that couldn't be further from the truth. We don't need more people working for the church. We need more people being the church. Like where God has put you, step into who he is calling you to be. Why? So that others can see in you, they will see who you are. And in seeing you, they're actually going to get a glimpse of who Jesus is. And that just might change everything. for Not just might, it will change everything for them carries on. So, so they're living in tents, right? I don't believe that we're supposed to put down a structure where we are. And then it says shortly after that, he lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. Okay, this is where the rubber meets the road. Do you build your life or does God build your life? I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean that in an honest way. Because you will live like God is building your life or you will live like you are building your life. The difference is, for Abraham, he is looking forward. It says his eyes were constantly on that city that God is building. That space that God is building. That place that, that God is putting. He, he's constantly moving. And, and I would say this, that if you're not looking forward in your faith, you're going to struggle where you are in your faith. What I mean by that is we're called to have eyes forward. God's in the future. He's in the present as well, but he's in the future. And in stepping into looking forward, keeping my eyes not on who I am today, but on who God says through his promises I am tomorrow. I think one of the enemy's greatest tactics is that he can, he can use today against us in such a way that it robs us of our tomorrow. And so we look forward. We, we, we step in looking forward. One, la one last thing, and it's towards the end of that passage. In verse 17, by faith Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son. You jump down to verse 19, it says, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. Oh, come on, church. That he could raise the dead. Abraham had never seen that. Uh, you want to talk about living future forward like it's now? The only way you're going to do that is if your eyes are on the God that Abraham's eyes were on.
The only way that you will not build structures and build a house and stay where you are, the only way you will follow God wherever he calls you um, as, as a person, and, and this can apply physically, but today we're applying it spiritually, that the only way you will step into the unknown you is, is if your God is big enough to trust. And for Abraham, and if you're not, like if this is your first Sunday, this is a hard story to even understand and comprehend. That God would ask Abraham to sacrifice his son. And Abraham goes, hey boy, you want to you get some lumber? Load up the mule? Hey dad, where are we going? Uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Hey, Dad, why are you tying me down? Don't worry about it. Dad, why are you lighting a match? Don't worry about it. I guess if you're not familiar with church, and that's a, that's a tough story to understand. But when you understand the mentality of Abraham and why he would do that, that he trusted the promise of God so strongly that no matter what happens, God will provide through this boy. How do I know that? Because God told me that. That's what Abraham's living on. Abraham can't see how this ends. He didn't know that God would provide a ram caught in the thicket, right, as he's raising his knife over his son. He didn't know that. But he has such faith in a God who even if you want me to sacrifice and I obey you and sacrifice my son, you will raise him from the dead. That's an audacious faith. But it's the faith that we're called to live. And and we will never look forward. We will never live in tents. We will never step into the unknown us unless we're willing to trust God that no matter what, your promises are true. And I will build my life on those promises. And I will follow you even into the unknown. Even into what I can't see, even what I and bigger, bigger, because this is this is where we are as a nation right now. Even what I can't feel, God, I don't feel you near, but I'm gonna follow anyways. God, I don't hear your voice today, but I'm gonna follow anyways. God, I don't see the realities that you say I am in me, but I'm going to trust you and live like they're true today anyways. Even to the point that others may look at you and go, you did what? You went up on a mountain and we're going to sacrifice your kid? Yeah, because I knew my God could raise him from the dead. Because he gave him in the first place. Church, we're called into the unknown by faith, by trust. Step into the unknown. What is the unknown today? The unknown is you. Do you have the faith to follow Jesus today? Do you have faith to step away from the familiar? Step away from what would be tempting to to put down roots. The land that was promised to Abraham was awfully tempting to build a house and put down some roots. But are you, are, you, are, you, are you willing to step into and go, God, even though I'm tempted to stay because it's so good, 
I know that tomorrow's even better. It takes a lot of faith to step into that. And, and as we were kind of journeying through this, and um, there's been a song we've been doing in Flagstaff that, that we haven't done here. And I'm gonna be real honest, kind of be honest, like bluntly honest. I told the team we can't do that song at home. And then this week we walked into our creative arts meeting that prepares the weekend, and I was like, "Y'all, can we close with that song?" And they're like, uh. And Chapel, we're going to invite you to stay with us through this song because it's such an anchor, such an end point for what we're talking about today. And so I want to, if you'll let me, I just want to walk through the lyrics to this song and how it applies to what we're doing today. And then we're going to sing it together. And I hope it becomes an anthem and something that encourages you and at the same time bolsters you up and reminds you that we're called to the unknown. It's by faith we step into the future. And so the song begins like this. My forever in your heart. Do you, do you believe today that, that God has your forever? He has your future in his heart. He, he's holding you close today. Next line. Your steps I will follow. So, so, it's, so walking by faith is based on the truth that God has your best interest at heart. Like that, that's, that's one of the reasons we struggle to trust God, right? Is because we, we struggle with that. This happened. Is God good? Can we end that conversation? God is good. God does have your best at heart. And he is with you in it. The question is, will, will we follow? Next line. I put my trust in who you are. My, my trust is in you, who you are, God. I can't see the unknown. I can't see what I look like. I, I just know that if I follow your promises, my, my trust is in what you're doing today. Next line. Your voice is my arrow. Your voice is, is dialing in and pointing exactly where I'm going. Let's jump to the chorus. I will lift my eyes to things unseen. What is that doing for us? That, that as we just sing those words and as those words wash over us, that, that we're reminded that what I can't see today, what God has promised today, what I don't feel today, what I, I'm going to lift my eyes. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to look forward just like Abraham did. I'm going to put my eyes ahead to the things that are unseen, including the version of me that God knows I'm going to be when I follow him. The edges he's going to take off, the way he's going to shape, and the way he's going to move. Next verse, next line. To the promise in your victory. There's not too many weeks away now. We're going to celebrate that the tomb is empty. What does that represent for us? That represents that everything has been conquered. That death itself, death itself does not win. So when it comes to the promise of God, when it comes to the promise that he has for you, you are a victor today. He has overcome. You are in him. That makes you a victor today. That means that when we talk about the very promises of God, we stand and we claim those promises. One of those, for example, is that by his stripes, we are what? Healed. Now, you may not feel that today, and that may not be present today in your life, and that may not be present until the, the already not yet feature of this whole thing, that we may not know that till we get on the other side of this whole thing. 
But can I tell you, we can walk in light of that today, that in Jesus, we have everything we need for victory in life. That there's so many people that walk around feeling like a failure and feeling like they're disappointed. Do you know you can't disappoint God because he doesn't look at you, he looks at Jesus. And he's making you more like Jesus. So we claim, we claim, we claim the victory that's in the promise. Next verse. I will build my life on the mystery. I mean, let's be honest, this is kind of a weird sermon, right? You're talking about the unseen you and it's out there and you're here. Like, like, like there's, a, there's a lot of mystery. You ever like try to explain the gospel to somebody? There's a lot of mystery inside of it. But man, let's not be afraid to build our life on mystery. And I don't mean like we don't understand and it's kind of weird. And I mean on the fact that it's a beautiful mystery of where God's calling you and how he's conforming you to the image of Jesus. Next line. Of where you call me. So wherever God calls me, whatever that looks like. Next line. And I will go where? Into the unknown. We're called by faith to step into the unknown. We're called by faith to step into, step into the future. We're called by faith to claim the future. Bottom line is, is God big enough to trust with your tomorrow? So we're going to sing this together. We're going to, I'll pray and then we'll sing, but just something to anchor into today and just remind ourselves of the same journey Abraham was on, we're on today. And the question is, will I have the courage to step into the unknown, the unseen? And so God, we come before you today. God, thank you today for saving us. Thank you that in Jesus, you've provided everything we need. Thank you that you didn't abandon us. Thank you that you came near to us. God, we thank you and praise you today that not only did you come near, but God, you provided everything we would ever need to live this life. God, that you declare over us that sin is defeated today. Would you give us the courage to walk into who you've called us to be? Would you give us the courage to step into the unknown, the faith to step out today? God, would you help us not to build walls and build houses around where it's comfortable? But God, would you allow us to live as as Abraham did with Isaac, just open-handed before you? God, in these next moments as we sing and make declarations through song, as we pour out our hearts, in thought. God, would we have open hands with our lives. God, that our lives are yours. Our lives are yours to step into the unknown. Our lives are yours to do with what you would want to do. And by faith, we'll follow. Thank you again for rescuing, for loving us the way you do. And everybody said,